Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. Another podcast. Uh, God's grace and mercy gets us here every week. Oh, man. Amen to that. All right. And a so, few angels, too. Well, that, exactly right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, wow. I'll tell you what. The the numbers are, are steadily climbing, and you know we're just so humbled and thankful for the, the people that are listening. Um, man, we've got people all over the United States, uh, but then also, uh, if you're out there and you're from Australia, France, or Turkey, and you are listening to this podcast, I want you to email me and just tell me who you are. I want to know who you are because the numbers from Australia and France and Turkey are uh, growing little by little, and uh, it's it's getting to the point where like I see it starting to pop up on uh, on our stats and stuff. And so my email address is ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Did you say Australia? I did say the land down under, yeah. Oh, listen, I love the 80s. Men at work, that's right. <laughs> that's right, a Vegemite sandwich. Okay. You come from the land down under. Oh, how about right. the Little River Band from Australia? Listen. Who likes the Little River Band? How about Hillsong, you know, or... The Hillsong's from Australia? That's right. Originally? Well, they... What do you mean originally? <laughs> Hillsong's in Australia. <laughs> oh, okay. I know they have a Hillsong in New York City. Uh, yes, they do now. They do. Okay, very They're expanding good. their reach. That's awesome. So... Let's do it. Anyways, uh, moving on. You guys know what we're here to do, so let's get down to business. We are studying the Torah portion, Bo, which means come. And this is found in the book of Exodus, chapter 10, verse 1, and going through chapter 13 and verse 16. Awesome. Little intro here, just to encourage all of you. Uh, the book of Hosea is a very, very uh, interesting book to read. Uh, there were actually three books uh, written to the Northern Kingdom in regards to the prophets, and they were, of course, Jonah, Amos, and Hosea. So if you're a non-Jew listening to this podcast, um, before 722 BC, before they went into captivity, you've got to check out the book of Hosea. It's all right there. It's an incredible book. But I want to read to you, in Hosea 8.12, uh, we can see this even in our culture today, it actually says right here in Hosea 8.12, I have written to him the great things of my law, but they were counted as a strange thing. You know, you mentioned Torah to some people, they don't even know what you're talking and about. And they go, how weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Torah, Torah, like it's a kamikaze Japanese pilot. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, you know, it's not a strange thing. Uh, the Torah is the mind of God. It's teachings and instructions, everyone. And when the Messiah comes back, it says the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's right. So it's never been done away with. You know, it's always been here. So think of the Torah as teachings and instructions. There's a better way, you know, and, and so we can raise the bar and go above even the Constitution of, of America and uh, the Bill of Rights and the amendments and everything, and we can rise up to the Torah uh, to that degree and live a better life. And those that, that of course, you know, have the right heart, uh, they're going to want to be around you. Man, that um, verse is so relevant for today. I feel all the time when I'm sitting around with just my you know regular Christian friends and we're talking, I tell them the great things of the law, and they're like, how weird. In the Psalms. That's weird. In the Psalms. It was, it's a good thing. They just it's look like, at me like I'm weird. It's like honey. 
And now all of a sudden it puts a bad taste in your mouth. Like now it's not good anymore. Well, that's like prophecy. That's in Ezekiel. You know, that. we talked about that last night. It's in Ezekiel. It says that he, that he eats it, right? And it oh. tastes sweet, but then it gets into his stomach yeah. and he feels mm, not so good. Yeah, that's going to be a judgment. That's what that's going to be. Yeah, wow. Exactly. That or Taco Bell. <laughs> so, Jose A12, a strange thing, but it's not a strange thing to us. You know, this congregation, we've, we're actually in our 20th tour cycle, and we are excited. This is Bo Come, and uh, I'm going to have Ryan begin reading in Exodus chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. Here we go. Oh, man, it's my great pleasure to read. Here we go. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let let my people go, that they may serve me. Else, if thou refuse... To let my people go, behold, tomorrow will I bring the locusts into thy coasts, and they shall cover the face of the earth, that one cannot be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hail, and shall eat every tree which groweth for you out of the field." And they shall fill thy houses and thy houses and the houses of thy servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither thy fathers nor thy fathers' fathers have seen since the day that they were upon the earth unto this day. And he turned himself and went out from wow. Pharaoh. You know, uh, we've we've had the plague of locusts throughout the earth. Uh, many examples. Uh, not too long ago, there was a, um, a a bunch of locusts that actually came into the land of Egypt around Passover. I'm not sure exactly what year, but it's pretty pretty recent. But but I'm telling you, right, these locusts are serious. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. been, it's been documented. This is public records, what I'm going to share with you. It's been documented. These locusts come in. Listen, they ate a whole trampoline. Only thing that was left was the, the metal bars. You know, that was it. Just the metal. Just the frame. They ate all the fabric. They ate all the nylon. The, 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 they ate the whole trampoline. Can you imagine that? Kids go, hey, kids, let's go on the trampoline. Uh, it's oh, gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they, they just devoured it. So so think about it, you know. Uh, and so it was the eighth plague in Exodus 10.4. The eighth plague was the locust. So, you know, so Pharaoh's servants told him to let the men go of Israel to serve their God because, hey, Egypt was destroyed. You're up to the eighth plague now. And so Pharaoh agreed to let the men go, but Moses said that all must go, even their flocks and herds. So you know, here's his administration telling Pharaoh, hey, listen, let the men go. Do what they got to do. He goes, all right, your men can go, right? But Moses is like, no, no, no. Wives, children, flocks and herds, this, this is a package deal. You know, and it's interesting, too, how the enemy is always trying to divide our families. You know, and so I, I would say that on Monday nights, we're breaking up into small groups and we're having the family stay together. And the, the youth and the young people are sharing, and they're part of the circle. Uh, Ryan's got small children. They're in his circle. But uh, we got to keep the family together. You know, we really, really do. You know, they say that if you want to break down a society, you break down the family, or you try to redefine it. That's right. Uh, you know, it's, so. um, last night uh, during our little circle time, um, Susanna Pruitt, our illustrious uh, worship leader here at the church, uh, she made a point 
that uh, he, here in the next couple of verses, it talks about how these um, these locusts, these type of locusts, have never been seen before, and will never be seen again. And then, so the, they come from an east wind, but then when they come back, right, a west wind goes and pushes them back into the Red Sea. And so it's almost like God brought super locusts out of the out of the sea and put them back into the sea. Um, just for this occurrence. He says that you'll never see these locusts ever again. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I never even thought of that. I always thought when it said that the, the, the locusts, to the likes that you've never seen before, nor shall you ever see again, I thought it was the number. I thought it was about the sheer number of locusts. But in this case, it was it was possibly... And you should, and a should, species? An alternate thought. I don't know. I mean, that's something S- to think about. Super locusts. It's absolutely something to think about. You know, it's like somebody threw it out there, you know? Because sometimes you read stuff over and over again, you've already kind of made up your mind as to what you thought it meant, and then you go and you look at it again, and it's like, huh, maybe there was like super locusts. And that Nephilim to, locusts. That comes to mind. Nephilim locusts? Well, that'd be good. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that uh, it talks about John the Baptist eating locusts and, you know. but Right, and then and you find honey. out, wait, there's a locust tree? Well, the thing is, it's, it's, the, it's, it's actually carob. The uh, word is supposed to be like a carob. It's like a chocolatey kind of nut kind of thing. Yeah. Carob. So not that he would eat bugs, but I guess according to Leviticus, you could eat certain bugs, but yeah. uh, we won't get into all that right now. So once again, uh, just a little reminder that the first three plagues of the uh, water turning to blood, uh, the frogs, and the lice, everybody was affected. Uh, and, and Ryan, that comes to mind, because here's the thing. I really believe we're in a transition right now where we're all kind of being affected by what's happening in the earth today to some degree or another. God is separating us. But you're going to see after the lice, the magicians could not reproduce that. They said, this is the finger of God. Uh, of course, the magicians could turn you know water into blood. They could make frogs, but they could not do lice. Now, once that third plague hit, God began to divide his people. And this is a word for somebody. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For those of you that are listening, endure the race, run the race, keep moving forward, stay positive. You know, if you got to, you know, cut out less TV, cut out less TV. You got to quit listening to the radio, quit listening to the radio. Get along with God, get a plan, get excited, persevere, be like a soldier. You know, don't, don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. Okay, so I'm only sharing that because it's interesting how a lot of people that come into the Hebrews of the Christian faith have a hard time because it's a paradigm shift. It's, it's looking at things in a new light, in a new way. There's a better way. And it's reconditioning yourself to, to, to seek after righteousness and whatever, those, those things that God wants. And, and of course, our flesh gets in the way. So once again, you know, uh, that's the eighth plague. Uh, and of course, Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 and 22, we're going to have the ninth plague. And what plague is that? It's darkness for three days. You know, we need to read that. Dennis, uh, let's, let's have uh, chapter 10, uh, verses 21 through 25. Let, let's read about... Uh, this ninth plague, darkness for three days, and how it's relevant. All right, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. 
I mean, look at this. It says, even darkness which may be felt. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. But look, but look at this. In Exodus 10, 23, the children of Israel in their dwelling had light. Yeah. You know, I see was that? thinking about, like, we don't really experience darkness like this very often. Um, and, and probably not darkness like this, maybe ever. But... Uh, I was sitting in there, and I was thinking, you know, where where have I been? Where like I was, it's so dark that like you can't even see like your hand in front of you. And the only that's thing, called camping. Well, it, not even then, right? Because you still have the stars and the moon, and there's still that's true. There's some light there, ambient light. You know where it is in the sanctuary when the lights are off. Sometimes if I come in that one door and you got to go around the sound booth to get over to get to the the little light switch thing that's over there. Oh yeah, you better better be careful, dude. It's dark. And so, uh, I mean, that's the only time I can think of, you know, being like so dark. You know, and that's not even as dark as it was in Egypt. You know, and of course, we know that days are getting darker and darker all around us, but we are a light. Oh. We are a light. Now, now I want to bring something to mind here that's really, really cool. Uh, one of the things we want to do this particular uh, Torah cycle, uh, we want to bring out Yeshua, the Son of God, okay? We want to bring him out. And uh, I'm going to read Matthew 27, 45. Uh, it says, uh, Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Okay. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. So that's a three-hour window of darkness right there. Uh, In a then, time when it's not supposed to be dark. Well, no. I mean, the thing is, but, but how long was the darkness as a plague in Egypt? Three days. So three is divine and of the of Lord. The Lord. Right. And of course, we can see that um, here's Yeshua. He's the firstborn. And I only tell you that in Matthew 27, verse 45, then he's going to he's going to pass away. He's going to die. Uh, and, and of course, what does God do? He takes the firstborn. Uh, and so we're going to see that unfold uh, even in this particular Torah portion. Uh, in Exodus chapter 10, uh, I'm going to read verses 28 and 29. Uh, cause here it is now. Okay. After the darkness now, it's so, a showdown. So in continuation from last week, uh, if we look at the locusts, there is a, uh, a God of, I guess the crops and whatnot in, in Egypt. And then also Ra, the sun God in Egypt. And so he waits until, you know, he decimates all the gods and then he goes... Snuffs out Ra. After the people. But yeah, he does. He snuffs out Ra. So darkness for three days. He's like, oh, by the way... I even I even control that too. And, and you know, Ryan, here's the thing I want to share with you because so many people don't understand false gods. Yeah. Who's behind the false gods? Right. Satan. That's right. And his cohorts, his minions. You know, he wants us to worship false gods. Because he wants to be as God. And we don't have time to get into all that. But but there's a showdown here, and it actually says in Exodus chapter 10, uh, verses 28 and 29 after this. Uh, and Pharaoh said unto him, which is Moses, Get thee from me, take heed to thyself, see my face no more. For in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well, I will see thy face again, no mo. No mo. No mo. I'm not going to see your face anymore. You know, we can harden our hearts so much, Ryan, that we can just have one calamity after another to our own demise. Mm -hmm. God's grace and mercy, you know, he's the God of second chances. But here it talks about that how, how, how God hardened his heart. Pharaoh did it to himself. Mm. And it goes on to talk about even in Romans that God chose mercy to whom he wants to show mercy to, 
And so that's that's really, really awesome. So here's the showdown. Of course, 10, you know, uh, 10 plagues are, are coming. We're, we're going to follow up on this last one. Uh, and the, the 10th and final plague was, of course, the, uh, the death of the firstborn, both man and beast. Uh, Ryan's going to read Exodus chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. Uh, once again, the 10th and final plague that's coming, death of the firstborn, both man and beast. All right, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of Egyptian of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beasts. Wow. Death of the firstborn, both man and beast. So why can God take the firstborn? Because he's God. That's right. He said, I'm going to take the firstborn. You know, I'm going to take the firstborn. Um, you know, interesting because here we have, of course, also the children of Israel were told to borrow from their neighbor jewels of silver and gold. <laughs> the Lord uh, gave them favor and Moses was very great in the land. We can read this in Exodus chapter 11. Verses 2 and 3, so Moses was very great in the land. You know, here at Beta Healer, we try to be legitimate in the community and do some outreaches and different things because we want to be legitimate. We live in this community. We should make the most of it. Come on, somebody, especially local businesses. You know, support your local businesses. You know, there's a lot of franchises and different things. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, find a mom and pop operation. Go support it. You know, I think it's great that, that in America we have this uh, ability to to prosper and everything, and to, and, and to have that. I, I still believe in the American dream. So once again, uh, in Exodus eleven ten, it says, And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. You know, uh, the Bible talks about a deluding spirit, Ryan. That's a spirit, boy, it's hard to shake off. You yeah. know, once people get set in a certain way or a mindset... It, it's hard to talk them out of it. I have yet to actually do it myself. Uh, once somebody puts their foot down and they storm out here, they leave. You know, I, I have yet to really have somebody come back and say, hey, you know, I was wrong or I, I didn't really see it your way or or, or anything like that. And, and we got to be careful because we, we can miss God. Because yeah. why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. Oh, for sure. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. You know, and so we overthink things, we overanalyze things. And so, you know, we, we got to stop and ask ourselves, you know, if we stop and think about Pharaoh Hardening's heart, you know, thinking he's God and everything else, he didn't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, we have to ask a question on this podcast, you know, what is personally holding you back from all the promises that God has for you? You know, so many times we look at everybody else. Oh, man. Why can't we just do an inspection on ourselves? It's tougher. Let's inspect ourselves, let's do a spiritual audit, and let's ask ourselves, because I know... I don't know the exact address, but I know in Hebrews it says, setting aside that sin that so easily besets us, you know. And uh, I'm actually celebrating five years of, of sobriety and everything, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I really am, because it was bondage. You know, it was a vicious, vicious cycle uh, of a bad habit and, and a routine and, and, a, and a bad reward. 
And that's actually the cycle of a habit is a cue, a routine and a reward. You know, that's why you got to be asking yourself, you know, when I'm getting queued up, what, what's my routine? What am I going to? What am I resorting to? Uh, and then, of course, you have the reward. That's the, the three part process of a habit. So, you, you know, you, we have to ask that question. You know, we yeah. all do. Well, and, and like, you know, for me, I think that, you know, that it's important to do these introspective audits because, you know, originally you'll probably just think it's, you know, one thing. And then you, you dig deeper and it, you realize it's something completely different, right? So like for me, for example, I used to think that it was pride, you know, that I get to, uh, you know, s- kind of thinking that I can do it on my own, that sort of thing. You know, but really what I find is that it's more, uh, more fear, uh, doubt, insecurity that holds me back more than anything else. Could be. And, and right. And I think that it changes over time, right? The, the enemy's tactics, you know, change over time and, and what, you know. Just like people think that a, a bully is one who doesn't love. He's bullying because he doesn't have love. Correct. He wants love. So right. that's, the, that's the, the avenue of release, you know. Mm. So think about it. Uh, let's, let's get to the root of the problem. One, Go ahead. One other thing is, uh, you know, I, I, I had somebody tell me one time, you know, they were trying to compare this story with, like, present-day political situations and stuff. And so, you know, just imagine that the political leader of the day says, hey, the death angel's coming through and is going to do yada, yada, yada. You need to kill a lamb and put blood on the doorpost. Uh, obviously, we get the reference, but let's just say it's something arbitrarily strange to us. And uh, they said, well, don't you think there's probably some Israelites that said, you know, I'm not doing that. That's dumb or, or whatever. You know, d- the opposition party, so to speak, within the group. You know, maybe there is. Ah, ah. So funny how these things, they come and they thoughts and we slip into them. But here's yes. what the Bible says. In, in verse 7 of chapter 11, it says, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Yeah. Not a single Israelite was harmed in this situation. And so it's one of those things where like we can try to come up with a, a, an alternative storyline, but the scripture's clear. God saved all of Israel in this situation, and maybe and, and even some of the Egyptians. And, and, he, puts, and he, puts, he puts a difference there, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's that whole thing, all of Israel at that time. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. You know, all of Israel at that time, so we weren't there. But that's true. <laughs> I mean, at that time, all of Israel at that time, just like now. You right. know, uh, There's incredible things happening in the earth today. Uh, great conversation. So, so we go into, of course, um, for the sake of time, we're not going to be reading it, but uh, we have, of course, the uh, the great Passover uh, in Exodus chapter twelve, verses one through eleven. Uh, a little outline here, just to kind of topically go over this, which is very good. Uh, we have the beginning of months. Uh, we have, of course, uh, uh, in the tenth day of the month, take a lamb for every house. Uh, I love this part. We're going to break off on this a little bit and talk about this. I really wanted to get to this because every every podcast uh, should lift up the Son of God, Yeshua, so that all men, women, and children may be drawn unto Him. Uh, it had to be a male lamb without blemish of the first year. So uh, if you could read Exodus 12, 5, Ryan, uh, in regards to this lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Okay, without blemish. So here's something interesting, too. When you're thinking about even Messianic Psalms or whatever, uh, it actually says in Psalm 34, verse 20, it says, He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. So here's David's psalm, and he's prophesying. You know, uh, it's interesting that King David was the only 
prophet, priest, and king other than Yeshua uh, to, to live on this earth. So that's interesting. But it says, uh, basically, he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. So now I'm going to look at, because once again, it's a, it's a lamb without blemish. We're going to John, why don't you go ahead and go to John 19, verses 31 through 33. Now check out this gospel of John in regards to no bone shall be broken of this particular uh, lamb. John what? John chapter 19, verses 31 through 33. 31 through 33. It's a messianic psalm, messianic prophecy. All right. Uh, So let's go ahead and read that. It says, The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. Wow. They didn't break Yeshua's legs. Isn't that awesome? You know, that, that, that's incredible right there. That's a fact. That's a fact right there. They did not break his legs. They were going to do it, but he had already passed. So think about it. That is awesome. So once again, think about those little prophecies. Of course, it is to be kept until the 14th day, uh, this lamb, and it's killed in the evening. Mm. You know, I can't encourage all of you enough to just take the Scriptures literal, the literal understanding, literally understand it. Uh, you strike the blood on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses. Uh, in Exodus chapter 12, once again, verses 1 through 7. So here's a great trivia question if you want to do a little Bible trivia or some feast trivia. Uh, Ryan, what three ingredients were needed to celebrate the Feast of Passover? Well, thanks for asking, Pastor Nick. I believe that the three ingredients, according to Exodus chapter 12, verse 8, are lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. And there you go. And of course, we've developed the story into a, a modern-day Passover Seder among the Jewish people. Uh, and of course, you know, we can see that. Uh, and of course, uh, Seder means order. And we know that Yeshua had the Last Supper, and he actually performed a Seder. We won't get into all that today. But once again, the three ingredients are a lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. Of course, the lamb represents Yeshua. Uh, unleavened bread represents, of course, uh of course, I would say his deity, his holiness, his purity, righteousness, his, his, his godhood, sinlessness, and then of course, bitter herbs represents sin. Mm-hmm. It represents sin and the uh, the bad choices of life, the bitter herbs, you know. And uh, it's even said that Judas dipped, you know, the bread into the sop, and uh, of course, Yeshua did. And he gave it to Judas. That's okay. Go do what you got to do. And he is, of course, the son of perdition, which is actually even a type of antichrist, to say the least. So here we have. An incredible time of looking at that, and of course, we're going to move on uh, to, of course, um, Exodus chapter 12, verse 12. I'm going to have Ryan read that. Uh, This is a great uh, verse to encourage all of us that are among the righteous. All right, here's what it says. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both of man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Wow. I love that verse. And here's the thing, because, you know, I used to just think that this whole uh, comparison to the gods of Egypt was just like a cute Bible study thing, little comparison. But no, I mean, right here, it says, and I will execute judgment against the gods of Egypt. It says it right here. Very good. Multiple gods. Mm -hmm. You know, and Satan's behind all this stuff, Ryan. 
I mean, it's amazing to me, uh, even in regards to all this Greek mythology and these superheroes, you know, uh, and, and it's all it's 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 all corrupted. You know, uh, Yeshua is the original Avenger. If you look up the word Redeemer, uh, Gaal, kinsman Redeemer, he's the closest relative you will ever have or ever know. Oh, yeah. And, and the cool thing about, you know, the Godhead is that, you know, um, to me, it makes perfect sense because it says actually in the Strong's Concordance, the connotation is an Avenger. So we have a lot going against us. We have our flesh, we have the principalities, we have Satan and his cohorts, and this culture and all this crazy stuff around us, but he will avenge us. He will watch over us. So we just have to make the right decisions, make better decisions, because it's an opportunity, everyone. I want to share that right now for those of you that are listening. Your life is one big opportunity. Oh, yeah. Choose life, choose death. Choose blessing or choose cursing. So he goes on to say that the blood shall be to you for a token. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Why don't you go ahead and read that, Ryan? Let's, let's read Exodus 12, 13, because uh, here's redemption in all of its fullness, all of its glory. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's, it's instructions. It's, this is God's plan, everyone. Don't listen to these other people. There's more than one way. No, this is redemption, and we're going to get into it. Well, it's definitely the sure way, right? I mean, everyone else is like has theories. This is for sure. So here's what it says. It says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Wow. And so we're going to get into Leviticus 17.11. Uh, it actually says this. So here's the blood. Oh, yeah. Take the blood of the lamb... Put it on the doorposts. Um, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Wow. So without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So we have Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, and Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12. We're not going to read those. Because oh, but I really want to read 922. Okay, those are the cross-references. So check it out, everyone. This is the plan of redemption, everyone. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Listen, it's a bloody gospel. Oh, yeah. Okay? No ifs, ands, or buts about it, everyone. It is a bloody gospel. And matter of fact, you know, at Passover, you're, you're supposed to bring to mind his death. That's it's right. It's not even so much the resurrection and until eternal life until he comes. Remember this, remember this, that sin was so bad that the Son of God, God himself had to die. Yep. That's powerful. Oh, sin's not that bad. Oh, it's just bad behavior. It's just human nature. No, listen, sin is sin. It's missing the mark. And if he's asking us to be holy, then let's be holy. Let's just go for it. So go ahead. You want to read uh, uh, Hebrews? You already said it, without the remission of sin, or without the shedding Actually, of blood. Actually, read it right out of the verse there. Oh, well, now I... got to paraphrase a little now bit. Now I already now he's gotta go back switched off of it. Hang on, hang on. I'm... See, the enemy's always trying to whisper in there like, there's another way, there's a better way. That's well, right. Well, you can do this, and you can... And you know my favorite, my, my favorite conversation is the person, Ryan, that comes up to me, because I'm a pastor, I'm a theologian, right? Whatever. Right. Clergy, spiritual leader. They'll come up to me, Ryan, and they'll say, okay, there's this guy on a deserted island. He's a native. And where does he go? Does he go to heaven? Does he go to hell? And I'm like, listen, I'm not the native on the land, and neither are you. He's going to stand judgment 
Who am I to say where he's going to go? I'm just saying, this is what people do. Like, I'm to decide who's going to heaven, who's going to hell. That's my decision. What do Yeshua say? You'll know them by their fruit. I don't decide heaven or hell. That's Why? Because right. I can't judge that. I can't render that final verdict. No. What about that person that gave his life to the Lord 30 seconds before he dies? The thief on the cross. He, yeah, he did it. I mean, he, he, he accepted the, the Lord, right? And, and what, did, what did Yeshua say? Hey, you're going to be with me in paradise. You were, you were, you know, you, you were a thief, you're a murderer, whatever you were, crook. And now you're going to be with me in paradise. And, wow, within like what? A few minutes. And oh, by the way, tomorrow is not believed. promised. No, and he believed, Ryan. That's right. That's awesome. Which means today is the day of salvation. That is so awesome. All that Man, to that read. That's so easy to understand. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, which says, uh, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission of sins. Wow. And, and like I said, as far as this, this podcast here and our small groups, um, I mean, in John one twenty nine, Ryan, what did John the Baptist say in reference to Yeshua? He said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And it's singular. The sin. The sin. The sin. I personally believe in my own understanding of the Scriptures and everything that it was adultery mm. that killed Jesus on the cross. Mm. It was that charge. That charge. Mm. Because Yeshua said, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And you can go back and even look in Jeremiah 3.8, you know, he divorced the northern kingdom, but not the southern kingdom. Right. So I'm just saying that this is a matter of fact. And we got to put it all together. He came to his own. His own didn't receive him. These are just the scriptures. This is all I'm sharing with you, okay? This is what the scriptures say. And so, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And I love what John the Baptist said as reference. Well, he said what? Hey, he must increase, I must decrease. Mm. You know? And... Uh, I know when we were in our little small groups, we had this question that we wanted to discuss with everyone. Uh, I'm going to ask Ryan this question. So what body parts did Yeshua bleed from before dying on the cross? Because remember, he had to shed his blood. Right. He couldn't be strangled. He couldn't be smothered. He couldn't, you know, be, you know, chop his head off. I guess that could be part of it. But the, well, he, that would he, break a bone. Well, well, he had to bleed. Right. So, so tell me what body parts did Yeshua bleed from before dying on the cross that you can think of offhand here? Yeah, so I mean, the obvious ones are hands and feet. Uh, where the hands nails, and feet, very right. good. Nails. Right. And then uh, his head from the thorns. The crown of thorns on his head. The blood would come down. Yeah. Right. His back was scourged with a cat and nine That's tails. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, the final blow being his side. The spear. Yep. And the spear wow. on his side. Um, you know, That's a lot. We did kind of, as a, as a group, decide that he was scourged so badly that he was probably beating, bleeding from everywhere. I mean, there's probably parts of his body. I mean, he was just cut up and scourged. And but see, nobody wants to talk about that, Ryan. It seems like, wow, what an abusive God. Yeah. But it, everything's coming from his viewpoint, his perspective, Ryan. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the thing that I love about our Lord is that he took a beating for us. He oh, said, yeah. I made you. I created you in my image. Yeah. And sin is so bad. I'm going to come in human form, and I'm going to take that beating. It's like he's a responsible God. Yeah, you know, there's He's, this... You know, um, the, the deists talk about, you know, that um, there's a God, He doesn't care about the affairs of man. Of course He does. Yeah, that's dumb. You know, there's a lot of things that are digging up in the earth, but as far as a homo sapien, we're, we're made in the image of God. That's right. That's why we should respect one another. Respect people. Right. Value human life. You know, everyone is special. What is that little saying? Little kid was hit slighted to the side. He's, God doesn't make junk. Yeah, I, I saw this meme the other day that I thought was pretty funny. And it's, it's a picture of, um, so from the Passion of the Christ, 
it's like a behind the scenes picture. And so it's the actor that played Jesus and he's, you know, all blown oh, yeah. up and everything. Jim Caviezel. And he's sitting next to uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, right? And so Mel Gibson's kind of like got his hands up. It looks like he's kind of complaining to to the guy that played Jesus it says, and says, this is what it looks like when I complain to Jesus. You know? Yeah. He's all sitting there, battered, right. bruised, bloodied up, you know, know, just taking all the punishment for your sin and you're sitting there right. complaining. And, and like I said, you know, we want to talk about the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. I don't have time to get into it, but Yeshua is the root of the olive tree. Paul makes it very clear. So what are we doing in Hebrew roots? What are we doing in Yeshua's name? If he's the root of the olive tree and he's, he's sustaining us, what are you doing in his name? What kind of reputation do you have? So think about it. So as we develop the Feast of Passover now in this particular podcast, this Torah portion, uh, the Feast of Passover is a memorial and to be kept forever. How what long? part of that don't you understand? How long? Forever. So seven days you are to eat unleavened bread. Uh, of course, the first and seventh day of unleavened bread are holy convocations. No work shall be done on the first and seventh day of unleavened bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find this in Exodus chapter 12, verses 14 through 16. So once again, uh, didn't put this in the outline, but they didn't have time for the bread to rise up. Didn't have time for the leaven to work. They had to leave in haste. So we are actually even a picture of unleavened bread, as Paul would would write to keep the feast uh, to the church of Corinth. Um and that's what we believe. We believe that the Feast of Passover uh, is when you receive communion as well. Uh, you know, you can receive communion as much as you want, as long as you examine yourself and you're right with God. Once again, uh, but the but the bottom line is you have to have a time of reflection and all of that. So we're going to get down into the heart of the story now. Uh, Ryan's going to read Exodus chapter 12, verses 29 through 36. All right, here it says... And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat at, on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said, and be gone. And bless me also. Oh, and bless me also. And give me a blessing. <laughs> and the Egyptians say goodbye. <laughs> and the and the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians." Wow. So what happened at midnight in the land of Egypt, Ryan? What happened at midnight? Uh, the Lord... The midnight s- hour. Yep. The Lord smote all the firstborn in Egypt from man to cattle. So why does he do to cattle too? To prove that he is the creator. That's right. Both man and beast. You know, this thing is called... Uh, there's this phenomenon called animal magnetism where we're drawn to like animals. You know, like the name of a lot of sports teams. The Chicago Bears. Dub bears and all these other things, <laughs> you know, 
But and of course, you know, we have to respect creation because you know the animals were made, and then of course, then we were made. You know, there's a divine order there. There's an order of of creation there. So you know, so so you know, Pharaoh's finally gonna let Moses and the children of Israel go. Along, with, he's gonna let them go. All right, all of you can go, go, but give me a blessing. You know, uh, say goodbye, give me a kiss, whatever. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know. Um, and that's how people can be sometimes. They can be so hard, but yet there's a little part of them like. I'm, I'm gonna miss you, you know. I'm gonna yeah. miss. Part, I'm gonna miss some things, you know. I'm um, really gonna miss you making those bricks for me. Yeah, th- I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, once again, here's this 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 interesting things that are going on. They not only get favor, but they have jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and and raiment and clothing from the Egyptians. You know, um, there was an article I had read some time ago. I don't I don't know if it's public record or not. I mean, I guess I read it, so it's public. But uh, I'd have to pursue it. But I guess the um, there was a uh, a group from the Egyptian government, whatever, wanting to sue Israel for the gold and silver and the raiment that they took from the Egyptians thirty five hundred years ago, like a, like a lawsuit. Uh, mm. And I'm thinking, wow, they believe in the Exodus. <laughs> That's a big step, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody around them like, stop, shut up. <laughs> but you know what? Ryan? I'm gonna tell you something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what I believe. Seeing this story being played out, we believe in restoration and regathering of the whole house of Israel, Jew and non-Jew, Ephraim and Judah, those coming out of the nations, natural branches, the Jewish people, the, the wild branches, which is Ephraim and all these ethnic groups coming out, Ryan. And I want to submit something to you. I believe from reading these scriptures that if we truly put our heart towards this, God will give us the resources to do it. Oh, no doubt. Because he knows we're not going to take it and use it for something else or, or whatever. You know, we want to pay this building off. Uh, just keep that in your prayers, everyone. Lift that up in prayer. We want to pay off the, the mortgage here. You know, it, it's $5,000 a month to, to, to be in this community. And most people don't even realize that. So, you know, your giving makes a big difference. But we want to make some inroads into the land of Israel, you know. We would love to have a Beit Tehillah in Israel. So we're, we're just praying about it. We're taking it one day at a time. Uh, but we, had, we have to build a strong community and raise it in the next generation. So I love this about the favor, you know. God, God will give you favor. So in Exodus chapter 12, verses 37 and 38, this is what it says. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them in flocks and herds, even very much cattle. Mm. Wow. A mixed multitude, you know, a, a mixed multitude. The Hebrew word is Arab, like an Arab, Arab. It's, it's E-R-E-B. It's the Hebrew word Arab. Think about it. It literally means like cloth intertwined, different pieces of fabric or, or threading. You know, it kind of reminds me of Joseph's coat of many colors. So a mixed multitude is going to come out of Egypt. Yeah, so you got, you've got uh, men, women, children, elderly. You've got, you know, 12 tribes, which have all, you know, distinct characteristics uh, of each of them. And then let's just toss in maybe some people that might have been in Egypt. Maybe they were Egyptian. Maybe they were from other cultures that had been also conquered by the Egyptians at that time. Uh, And so you just mix it all together. And what do you get? An Ereb, a mixed multitude. E-R-E-B. It's number 6154 in this Toronto recording. This is who came out of Egypt. Check this out. It means a, a, a web, threads of cloth a mixture or mongrel race, mingled people or a mixed multitude. Look at this. This is exactly what's happening today in the, in the earth. 
people are coming out of the nations, right, and being delivered. They're being brought out to be brought in. A masculine noun meaning a mixture, a mixed company, interwoven. Listen, the primary meaning is a grouping of people from various ethnic and cultural backgrounds. You know, I mean, there it is. It's right there, Ryan. I mean, it's right there. So what's happening is the whole house of Israel is made up of Jews and non-Jews. It's made up of the nations. It's made up of the natural branches. You know, those that claim the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob coming alongside, working together. It's right there, Ryan. Uh, you know, the Jewish population is, is not even 1% uh, of the world population. And, and Ruth was, of course, absorbed into Israel through Naomi. You know, Rahab the harlot was absorbed into um, into the, the house of Israel. And, and there's a lot of things to think about here, you know. And, and, and one of the things I want to bring out as well, not just the mixed multitude, but we're talking about 600,000 on foot. That's not counting children. That's not counting their wives. Now that's a community. That's a congregation. I mean, think about it. That's a lot of people. They're seeing one and a half to two million people, maybe even three. But he goes from Ramses to Sukkot. So they start from Ramses, which is Egypt, the world, because Egypt represents the world, and they go to Sukkot. That's what we're trying to do, Ryan. We're trying to make it to Sukkot. It's the last feast day in the feast cycle. We're trying to make it to the Feast of Ingathering. It's right there, and I love it. And, of course, they had very much cattle, and uh, and I'm going to have Ryan go to Ezekiel 37.10. And you're right, though. I mean, from, from Ramses being Egypt, and we're all coming out of Egypt in, in our own ways, right? I mean, so we're going from Egypt, and where are we headed? We're headed to Sukkot. So so I'm going to read, and i got a cross-reference that Ryan's going to read, but I'm, I'm going to read uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 51. Check this out. So how did he bring them out? And it came to pass the selfsame day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. So here they are, slave mentality, over 400 years of serving in Egypt, living in Egypt. Now it's time to go up. It's time to come out. It's a coming out party. Come on, somebody. Yep, and here's now check out Ezekiel 37.10 now. It says, so I The Valley of Dry Bones reference. Yep, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. So think about this, everyone. Man, the IDF is going to be everywhere, all over the world. The IDF is going to grow. I mean, think about it. Oh, yeah. The Israel Defense Forces, all over the world, you know. We have a lot of different ethnic groups at Beit Tehillah that, that are coming out of the nations and coming and serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And for those of you who listen to the podcast, pat yourself on the shoulder. You're doing it. You're going to make it. This is incredible. He's considering us an army. And we know that Israel has become a nation. So there's these bones, these sinews and everything, and he's going to put meat on them, and he's going to create a people. The house of Israel is going to come alive. You know, it's so funny. They, they talk about the valley of dry bones, but they don't keep reading the reference of Scripture in 37. The two sticks become one, Ephraim and Judah. The house of Joseph and Judah. It's right there, everyone. When Ephraim What's the and commentary? Judah come together. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. What would Ephraim become? A fullness of nations. That's right. This is not replaced with theology, everyone. Ooh, this no. is Scripture. This is God's plan. Don't sell yourself short as a second-class citizen. No. That's right. You're there. I mean, I'm telling you, this is awesome, you know. And, of course, uh, as we get into 13, uh, what was to be sanctified unto the Lord... 
all the firstborn among the children of Israel, both of man and beast. Yep. And we have a little something here that we do in our small groups at the very end. We have a representative come up, and uh, we ask this question, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, bow or come, uh, from a consensus of the group? Once again, a, a consensus is an agreement. Uh, Ryan and Ashley are facilitators for our small group, which is really, really doing well. And, and of course, uh, he's going to share what his group uh, came up with in that regard to that question. Yeah, and, and you guys are going to have the benefit of me giving you more than just two today. A um, couple of things here. So one of the things was this Torah portion is packed with principles. It's like you go all this time through Genesis, and you may get a, a little bit of a law here or there, or, or a hint towards something that's going to be a law later on. Uh, but then, boom, right here in this Torah portion, Bo come. It's the new moon, or the calendar is established. You have the biblical calendar established right here in this Torah portion. What's your consensus on the two things? I told you I'm going to give you more than just two. Oh, I know, but what's the main two you think? You want to do more than two? I'm doing more than two. Okay, he wants to. He wants to overflow. Listen, listen. Oh, we're overflowing. All right. So then you also get the law of Passover, and you also get the sanctification of the firstborn. Wow! All in this Torah. So portion. a calendar. Yep. Feast days, the yep. beginning of feast days, yep. or Passover, Passover yep. and then the firstborn, the right yep. of the firstborn. That's exactly right. Are there any firstborns listening to the podcast? I'm sure there Get are. to work. <laughs> Get to work. You represent the Lord and your family. Um, and so, and then, you know, there's also the faith, right? I mean, that our, our faith has to increase. The signs and the wonders uh, that are done here are for the purpose of, of that Pharaoh and that the Egyptians will know that he is the Lord, oh, that he, he is, is Yahweh. He is the Lord. Right? But it's also... So that Israel will also know that he is the Lord. And so it says that specifically in the Torah portion. So it's cool, cool principles that are laid out there. Um, my favorite one, this is my favorite one from this Torah portion. You ready for this? Oh, the suspense is killing Well, and it's me. cool because I feel like this should have been in the outline, but it's not. And so I'm going to read... That's why you can add it. You're a facilitator. Amen. All right, so I'm going to read some, uh, some verses here. This is uh, chapter 12, uh, verses 47... And I'm just going to read. So it says, All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And that's referring to the Passover. It says, And when a stranger shall, so, uh, shall sojourn with thee, and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. One law shall be to him that is homeborn, Torah. and unto the stranger Yara. that sojourneth among you. Thus did the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. So, I'm sorry, does this mean that there's one law? I think that's the first time the word law is mentioned. Wait, this is the law of first mention? I think it is. Oh, man. We'll I have to look at the strongest. I don't know if that's true, but... I think it's the first it, time it the word law be. is mentioned. It may very well be. But here, here's what's cool. If you don't get anything else out of this, those that decide to attach themselves to God's ways, become just as if they were one that is born in the land. Is there anybody that loves the Torah out there? Come uh, in, come in over. Look you at copy? this. See, he's all like, oh, do you have two? And now you're like all up in the strongest concordance. I thought we don't have any more time for any of that. Well, all right, so have plenty of time. My, we're trying to keep the podcast about an hour at the most. My last one, my last point. You Wait ready? a minute, go back to the law. Oh, okay. All right, so we're in... Uh, this is Exodus chapter 12, verse 49. And so you're looking up Torah, law. I mean, it's in Genesis, right? Well, no, the thing is, daughter-in-law doesn't count. 
So mm. you actually found the law of first mention. Come on. Look at that. It's 8451. I'm a this scholar. This is the first time even know it. the word law is mentioned. So, so, so think about it, Ryan. This yeah. is great for the outline. We need to maybe fine-tune it a little bit or add that. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Who's the law for? I mean, according to this, it's for all of us. Anybody that wants it. Come on, somebody. You, you know, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen up, everyone. This is why the Jewish people are contacting Beit Tehila congregation. Because we are Christians with Torah. Come on, somebody. Christians with Torah. We're dangerous. You can make any accusation you want. We've got instructions. We're fully loaded. We're, 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 we're cocked and loaded. We're ready to go here. So if this is the law of first mention, the first mention of the law... Read that verse again. Is it it's for everybody? Exodus 12, 49. Come on, this is, a, this is great. It says, One law shall be to him that is homeborn, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. See, we're adapting to the Torah, to I, what it's saying. But it's the law. If it's the first mention of law, is that it's for everybody. That's good. See? That's what's phenomenal. Wow. Wow. The Antichrist doesn't like that, folks. <laughs> The lawless one is not happy. All right. So uh, I think that. And my last point is are you ready for this? Sure. Obedience brings the blessing. Oh, thank you so much. This is true. Think about it. This is and, true. Oh, and oh, by the way, obedience requires you to do something. So let's say you're an Israelite and you're in Egypt uh, 3,500 years ago, and God says, kill this lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. And you just say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, what happens? Oh, yeah. The death angel doesn't pass over you, you know? And so that doesn't make for a, a, great, uh, a great weekend. So anyways, that's the, the four things that I got out of this tour portion, if I were to synopsize it into uh, whatever, you know what I mean? So anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what is God speaking to you. You know, if you get into the Word, God will speak to you. And that's what we want. If we want anything out of this, we want you to get into the Torah, and we want you to find the Son of God in the Torah, Yeshua. We want you to come to a saving knowledge of Amen. Jesus Christ, and we want you to then learn, hey, he's got some stuff in here that's real pragmatic, real practical that I can do to honor him. And so that's what we want you to get out of this podcast. And so if you're getting that out of it, that's great and awesome. We really appreciate you guys listening and supporting us. Um, you can uh, live stream our services every Saturday at topraise.net. You can email me at ryan at topraise.net. And, uh, and I don't know. I'll tell you what, guys. We just we love doing this. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And uh, bless you. Have a great week.